Good evening. Welcome. Let me just tell you where the, how this started. I am actually getting tired of all the news and how we are bombarded by one bit of information after another about this COVID-19. I, uh, I was talking to Chris and I said, you know, what if we get together during this week and what if we have a moment of worship, um, a, a moment of hearing God's activity and his power and his might in the middle of all the stuff that's going on. So then we thought, okay, we'll do some music. Uh, we'll have some people sitting up here and we're gonna come up and we're gonna just share some of the stories. What do we see happening and how is our faith getting us through this? So that's the direction we're going. But I wanted to start out by reading Psalm 95. Praise to the Lord. O come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods, in whose hand are the depths of the earth. The peaks of the mountains are his also. The sea is his, for it was he who made it and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Good and gracious God, we come to you and we thank you for your, your presence and your power, your activity from creation to salvation to giving us faith. And so Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we believe in you, we trust in you, and we need you to pour out your spirit upon us in a mighty way, right here, right now. And to you all be the glory, in Jesus' name, amen. In this time of desperation When all we know is doubt and fear Well, there is only one foundation We believe We believe In this broken generation When all is dark, you help us see There is only one foundation We believe We believe We believe in God the Father we believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in the Holy Spirit. And he's given us new life. We believe in the crucifixion. We believe that he conquered death. We believe in the resurrection. And he's coming back again. We believe. So 
never been a moment you were forgotten you are not hopeless though you have been broken your innocence stolen I hear you whisper underneath your breath I hear your SOS your darkest night it's true I will rescue you there is no distance that cannot be covered over and over you're not defenseless I'll be your shelter I'll be your armor I hear you. 
just going to sit down and have a conversation with you about uh, what's all going on. This morning at uh, about 5.30, I went on uh, Zoom in order to join in on prayer time and a uh, Bible study that I'm a part of, and I, um, it's quite the blessing. Well, I get on a little bit early, and two of the people are talking about pruning. And, of course, they're talking about gardening and, you know, when, you, when do you do it and when don't you do it. And, and I'm just sitting there, I'm, you know, I'm just waking up, I think, and I'm, I'm just trying to take this all in. But then I thought, pruning. What is pruning? And, and why do you do pruning? I came across a, a quote I'd like to share with you. Pruning cleans away dead, dying, and diseased material. Pruning removes unnecessary branches, reducing weight on heavy limbs. And pruning reduces the size of the plant to help maintain its structural integrity. He, God, does this to maximize our fruit production. Branches produce fruit to nourish others, not to satisfy themselves. <laughs> The more fruit we are able to produce, the more people we can bless with our spiritual bounty that God has given. Thought about people's schedules. Um, ever since this, uh, this COVID-19 has sprung up, uh, so many things have been canceled. So many lives have been altered and changed. And really, I, I'm seeing this as a, a pruning and what does God want to do with this? I really do believe he wants us to become stronger and bolder and producing fruit in our lives that will bless God and give him glory, but also bless others. And historically, this is what has happened in the church, uh, we'll just say for the last 2,000 years. There have been other moments like this where really everything stopped because of a plague or some kind of disease. But the church has been a shining light, a bright beacon in the midst of a lot of darkness. Now, connect, connected to that idea of pruning, I started thinking about gardens. And really, you can go into the scriptures and find lots of references to gardens. But I want to bring your attention to four of them. The very first one, the Garden of Eden. And when we think about what happened there, a lot took place, right? Sin came into the world because they disobeyed God and they did their own thing. And then they kind of went off. They were hiding. And then God comes and finds them. And he ultimately addresses uh, their sin, but also the promise of what he can do to defeat Satan and to give us life. That's one garden. And then we move forward, we get to another garden, and pretty soon in, in the church year, we, we, we walk through Holy Week. This next um, experience is going to be this joyful entry into Jerusalem, but then it turns south, so it appears. Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. He is praying to his heavenly Father. He has the weight of the world, the weight of sin upon him. And in one instant, he says, Lord, take this cup from me. But then in the next instant, with less than a breath, he says, but not my will, but your will be done. What a beautiful story. 
then we move forward. And I don't want to give too many details, but it is one of those post-resurrection appearances. You see, Mary Magdalene found out that the tomb was empty. She runs and she tells Peter and John, they come back and you get the picture that Mary's not far behind. And after Peter and John leave, there is Mary distraught. She hears from the angels that he, he is not here, he's alive. And then still in her grief and sorrow, she, she turns and she sees this person. And the scriptures say that she thinks he was a gardener. But when Jesus said her name, she saw him. I mean, I just wonder what that moment was like. I mean, all the things that she had gone through over the last couple days, the hurt, the pain, the sorrow, the grief, uh, the wondering of what's going to happen, and with just the word of Jesus speaking her name, it seemed like this flood of joy and peace and love came to her. Well, that's the beauty of this Jesus. You know, later on, we find... Uh, Jesus getting ready to ascend up into heaven. And he gives the Great Commission, which is powerful. But the words at the end of the Great Commission is what I hope we're hanging on to. He said, and surely I'll be with you always to the very end of the age. And here we are today, and there's probably more question marks than anything about what's going on. But the one thing that is absolutely certain, the one thing that we can hold on tightly to is the love of God, the faithfulness of God, and the power of God in the middle of all this. I've been talking to people recently about the things that we hold on to in life. And I've learned now, we'll just say in 58 years, you know, it took me a while, to hold on to things loosely. I mean, even our health. Even family, even our finances, we, we hold on to those loosely, but we hold on tightly to what is certain, to what is eternal, and that's Jesus. Now, I'm going to tell you one more garden, and you go to Revelation, and you get this picture of this, this heaven that awaits for those who put their faith in Jesus. It's like nothing else. So as we go through this, this journey, as we go through this, this disease, this pandemic, we know that one day there will be no more of this. One day there won't be aches or pains or hurts or worries. Um, we won't be bumping into each other and hurting each other or hurting even ourselves. It will be a beautiful day. So my prayer for all of us as we as we keep going through, and we don't know, you know, when or what, and, but we keep that in mind. And so we go through this Lenten season, but we never forget Easter, because Easter is not just an event, it is life. So may God give you and me, all of us, the faith to believe and to trust that Jesus is with us, and one day, one day, we will be rejoicing like nothing else. Amen.
One day heaven no more waiting there for our souls One day there'll be no more children longing for home One day the kingdom comes right where we stand And we will see the promised land something a little different here. Part of the vision or the dream was to uh, create a little bit of a, a moment where we can talk about what's going on in this world, yes, but how has faith in Jesus sustained us and helps us and keeps us going? And um, it was kind of interesting as I talked to everyone. For some people, they're, they're good with being up here singing, but to, to, to talk into a mic... Um, so it might be a stretch for some, but this is, this is one of those organic moments where we're just going to pray the Holy Spirit 
moves. So uh, if anyone is ready and would like to say something about this journey that you're on, how you see it affecting this, this world, but even our community here, love for you to step up to a mic, kind of share something, and if you're so moved, you can even have a prayer, uh, unless I'll do that later too. So, so I'm going to sit down and I'm going to listen. Not everybody jumped at once for this. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> hey, uh, so I guess what I see is, you know, this pandemic has happened, and we're all struggling with it. I mean, there's people all over. And if you go to, like, the restaurants here in town, I'm sure it's this way all over the country, you're not seeing very many people out and about. And I think that's so different because people are social animals. I mean, we, you know, crave attention from other people, and, and to see other people and to be with other people, and I've already seen some, some messages come across my phone here saying, you know, that's, we wish we could all be together. And I think that's, that's one of the things that's the hardest for me is knowing that our church family isn't here. And we're broadcasting live to people all over the, the world, but yet we're in an empty room. And it's not meant to be that way. And I think the one thing that I, I keep holding hope to is this thing ends quickly so we can all be together as a group. Because it's just, it wasn't meant to be this way. Yeah, I mean, right in the very beginning when, when God saw Adam, he says, it's not good for man to be alone. And so what you're saying is, you know, so spot on. And I'm finding that, that tension with lots of people, too. Anybody else like to? Yeah, I guess I can chime in a little bit. You know, I think sometimes I feel like you want to say the perfect thing, like the most inspiring right words. But sometimes they just don't come. And I, like, find myself having to be like, it's okay to not know what to say or not know what to do or how to feel. You know, I really like when I see people talking about um, there's no, like, right way to feel in a situation like this um, because you, I believe, really believe, like, you can even hold on to a faith but still have a little bit of those waves of, like, something hits you and you're like, that is really sad or that is really frustrating and I've found myself at times like I, I really like want to be someone who lives a joyful life. But I had to tell myself it was okay to mourn some things. And, you know, it's like, like I'm wearing my frozen sweatshirt today. <laughs> and like the, the, I am one person of many in just this event that is heartbroken for it. But there's so many events that the face of Frozen Junior just is one event of the billions that are now suffering. And, you know, it's like when we saw this almost inevitably coming, my head was wrapped around it. I thought, everybody's going through this. Everybody's suffering loss. We can do this together. And so I knew it was time to halt production. And I went to go type the email. And it's like my finger started to type it. And all of a sudden, everything hit me. And the loss hit, just was this big wave. And I could feel myself like, you need to mourn for a while. And it was like, even though I was okay, I was joyful. I, I was making it. I understood it as best I could. I allowed myself time to mourn. And I feel like when you had something like a hope or a dream or something you knew without a shot of a doubt was coming. And you had prepared for it. And then it's just gone something died and you have to mourn it and so for me being able to take some time to mourn and cry my son came up to me and just put his head on my shoulder and 
later that night, he goes, Mommy, who died? And then I felt really bad that I made him feel so scared or sad. Nobody, nobody died, sweetie. Nobody died, you know. I just really needed to mourn what I lost. And, you know, that was, that was good for me because then the next day I felt like I had faced that. I mourned it. And then I could. I don't, you know, you can't be a victim forever. You got to wake up and you got to take the next step. And it really helped me to find joy again and find that healthy place because I mourned it. You know, and all of us are facing new realities with how we live our day to day. Everybody's day-to-day is now dramatically changed. And I know mine, but I also know I'd be naive to think that mine is the story to tell right now because there are so many people who are working overtime to fight this. And even though we're so isolated, and that's hard, like extroverts, can I get an air high five? (laughs) Like, we're not okay. (laughs) Put your book down, introverts, and... Call me. (laughs) But, like, my story is not even the one to tell because I think about those doctors who are now pushed to their limits, those nurses, and who have to come home to their families. And I saw this really funny meme of, like, a dad with, like, a mask and all these, like, gloves and squirty hand sanitizers, and it says, waiting for my wife to come home from work, you know? (laughs) And you giggle a little, but that's their reality. You know, so I don't know if I have the right words, but, you know, maybe somebody needs to hear. It's okay to, to mourn what you lost. You know, I love that you're talking about gardens today because, you know, the, today and the next couple of days, one of the things Columbus is doing is, like, put flowers in your window. Uh, the last three days was bears, and so kids could get in the car or walk down their street and find bears in windows going on the bear hunt. So the next three days is flowers. So my kids and I colored and cut out a bunch of flowers, put them on our door. And the sign that we put around the flower says, God makes gardens out of graveyards. And underneath Mm. where it said graveyards, I wrote things like hopes, dreams, broken hopes and dreams. And there's a new song, I think it's by Elevation Worship, called um, Graves into Gardens. And it's that idea of God makes beauty from ashes. And facing like what we, what we lost and grieving it. But then like every day I try to wake up and be like, okay, God, how are you going to make a garden out of this? And how can I be a part of it? And not every day is easy, but God makes gardens out of graveyards. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. kind of been something spinning around our house right now just to kind of give us that push of hope because we had shattered hope. And a lot of things like this show, but everybody's shattered hope. Everybody's got something or multiple things that they lost. So waiting in anticipation for God making a garden out of it. Amen. And may God give us all the faith to to hang in there. Hold on. And you know, like I keep reminding myself, like sometimes you feel like, gosh, am I just not good enough of a Christian because my faith is weak today? Like sometimes you just don't see it. And you're like, I have faith, but where is it right now? Because I don't, I don't feel it. But I often remind myself, like, faith the size of a mustard seed, this tiny, tiny seed, is what God can use to do very big things. 
And so I pray when my faith feels big that I can be faith for others and, you know, be strong when someone else feels weak. But I know I have people in my life that when my faith is so small, I'm like, where's that mustard seed? I dropped it. (laughs) Where is it? You know, like having the right people to cling to is important. Finding those people is really important. Thank you. Anyone else? Oh, wait. Okay, in the back, in the cage. Mm, Yeah, I don't think I can top that. But so from a student perspective, um, I go to Wayne State College up in Wayne. And we now are remotely, like remote classes, everything's online. That's how everything is for every student out there now. Um, Yeah, it just... It feels different and just weird because I, you know, there's those friends and just two months left of memories that you won't get back and, you know, just, you, you can't help that. It's just, you know, everyday life. Um, but yeah, classes definitely uh, feel different because just everything's online, like I was saying, and some classes are easier, harder. It just depends on the class, I guess. But, you know, you're scrambling to email that teacher, uh, turn in an assignment. It's just different. And um, I was actually introduced to Zoom the other day. Um, That was pretty interesting, having to conference call with, like, 30 other kids in your class and get together in your group and, you know, turn in lesson plans. And it's crazy. Um, How I feel like it's personally affected me other than that it's just I feel like it's challenging our faith and you know every everything going on just all the fear and everything out there I feel like we have to turn to God and just you know continue to pray and just have hope and just stay strong and just continue to believe that there will be an end to this and just eternal life. That's the biggest part of this is the end of everything is eternal life. And that's what we strive for each and every day. Um, so just continue to have faith. And that's what's basically got me through each and every day is knowing that there's one ultimate goal in this. And that's up there. Amen. Thank you. Anybody else? I have a question. Okay. Just quickly. Um, So I'm an educator, so I don't know, maybe Celeste has something to add to this feeling too, but um, I'm finding myself really feeling a lot of emotions at once, and I think a lot of people can attest to that. But even as an educator, like, we have this immense heartbreak for not being with our kids, um, But then I've also never felt more appreciated, (laughs) which is kind of funny. Um, But you're seeing all the people that are coming out and like teachers, oh my gosh, like thank you, (laughs) this is insane. Like understanding kind of, you know, what we do every day with kids. But um, just kind of being able to take all those emotions that you feel, even though they're happening at the same time, and take each one and be able to sit with it for a minute. And we're not really, a lot of people are not comfortable sitting with their feelings. Our life is so busy and we're moving around so much and there's a lot going on that we don't always get a chance to just sit with those feelings and now we're finding ourselves having a lot of time (laughs) to sit with our feelings. Um, 
And those feelings are very confusing because there's they're up and down and lots of different um, happening at once. But I would just say to take, you know, I took that heartbreak of, of not being with my kiddos and I sat with that for a little bit and I kind of did the morning thing that Celeste talked about. I had a moment where I just was overcome with the fact that this is real and this is happening and oh my goodness, like I'm, what, what are we gonna do? Um, and then being able to take, you know, the other emotions of gratefulness and feeling like it's kind of a blessing that you're getting to spend this time with your family and um, being able to be okay with that and understand that that's, that's a valid feeling and that's something that we can also appreciate and give thanks to God for. Good, thank you. Harrison, right there. Uh, yeah, it's been years. Um, so, here, I'm just going to... I'll just do this. Um, it's been really hard for me because, like, I was in winter drumline within my school, and it's canceled now. Um, we were supposed to go to World Finals this year, and that was canceled, and the rest of the season has been canceled, and so... I'm re really struggling because like that took that took up most of my time, and now I have nothing to really take up my time, so I'm just sitting at home bored every day, usually just playing music, but that's fine. Good. Well, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Let me tell you my journey. Um, I'm angry. I'm angry that the devil is trying to use this to wreak havoc. I mean, in fact, his job description is to kill, steal, and destroy. That's what he wants to do. And I'm watching um, individuals and families, um, you know, under an extreme amount of pressure during this. But here's the thing. God's grace is greater than COVID-19. His grace is more powerful and life-changing than anything. And so I, I'm going to pray right now. I, I just want us to be united in prayer and seeking God himself to come into the lives of these people who are feeling the, the immense pressure or the loss or the grief or the worry. And we're going we're gonna to lay it all before that, that cross that was 2,000 years ago done by Jesus for you and me so we can have hope. So let's go right now. Oh, good and gracious God, we come to you and we are so thankful that you reign supreme. You are sovereign, you are powerful, you are almighty. You can do anything. And we ask now that you would bind Satan and his tricks and his ploy, his desire to kill, steal, and destroy. And we say in the name of Jesus, we pray that you would free up some of these individuals who are feeling so much pressure and burden and worry and, and Lord give them a hope that will not disappoint them give them a joy that is eternal give them a strength that will allow them to wake in the morning and take on life knowing that you are faithful you said you'd be with us so Lord send your spirit now begin with me begin with us begin with all of us I pray that we, your people, your church, would stand firm and strong and mighty 
and that it would give the ultimate testimony to who you are and how you move, even during difficult times. So teach us what it means to build our life on you and to find in you all that we need. Thank you that your grace is greater than anything. Remind us of that always. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.
And now may the grace of God, that grace that is greater than anything on this earth or any other force, and may the love of God our Father, that, that perfect love, that infinite love, and may the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, which is not limited by four walls of a church, but connects us together because of Jesus and faith in him. May the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, be with us all. Amen. Thanks for coming. Thanks for doing this. God bless you as we continue this journey.